I've said this publicly before and I'll say it here again. I want my name to be on the list of people responsible for blowing up a weight class strongman. Nestled alongside a bay with one of the largest tidal regressions in the world, you'll find the town of Morecambe. You'll also find four strongman gyms within a 10-minute drive of each other. In those gyms, you'll find some of the biggest names in strongman training for competition. Names like Donna Moore and Graham Hicks, Shane Germain, Matt McKeegan, Joe and Tim Daglish, just to name the few that I know personally. It's an unassuming little seaside town with peaceful walks along grass-covered hills roamed by herds of sheep and cows, and you can get a full English breakfast just about anywhere you pop your head into. Having lived in New York City the last 17 years and having internalized its never-ending momentum, I'm struck that such a small little place has produced one of the most influential people in all of Strongman. I'm not talking about any of the names I mentioned before. The person I'm talking about has likely had an influence on you and how you think about the sport of Strongman. He may even be the reason you started it in the first place, and you don't even know it. The sport of strongman has always been about being seen. We call the competitions shows. The sport itself is meant to be a spectacle. When I think about strongman, I think about what I'm seeing other people do. Those are the things that I know are possible, and they're my motivation to go beyond. Whether consciously or not, the content I consume builds my mental picture of what the sport is. And knowing that other people see me, I begin to add my own flavor because I want to be a part of the history of what I think is the most beautiful sport there is. And this is where I've decided to reintroduce the Odd Objects podcast, showcasing the beauty I see every time I think of this sport. And there's no better guest that I can think of than the person whose content you've all consumed, the person that showcases the beauty in this sport as his full-time job. He's the creative director of Official Strongman, He's worked with Giants Live since 2017. He's a filmmaker and, of course, a strongman. Please enjoy my conversation about creating history in real time through video, emotion, and storytelling with Joe Schofield. It's fun to be on the other end of this for a change because usually I'm the one directing people to introduce themselves. Um, I'm Joe Schofield. I'm the creative director of Official Strongman. Um, I've worked with kind of giants and official strongman since 2017. I've been making films since I was 12, 13 years old, started doing parkour videos. I started doing strongman when I was 18. And then my life's got to the point where I film strongman for a living. So it's really the uh, living the dream, we call it. Perfect introduction. That's great. You, you did great because you've gotten me to do that sort of thing about 10 times since we've known each other. And it's, it's such a hard thing to do. If, if anyone ever would try to introduce themselves, I mean, it's, it's an impossible task. You're like, my name's Tommy and I'm, you know, wait, what, what was the second part? Okay. And then you think of everything else and you go, okay, that was great. Now don't forget to talk about official strongman games. Like, oh fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? For me, because I've done it so many times. Like you obviously, you asked me a different format to the one that I use myself when I do things. I like the idea of at some point in my life, going back 10, 20, 30 years and having this huge collection of every introduction I've got from an athlete before, even if it was one athlete over the course of a decade, say, like we filmed together for the first time three years ago. So how old are you now, 41? 
41. So at the time you're like, hi, I'm Tommy Lavelle. I'm 38. I'm the world's strongest man. And now you're, I'm Tommy Lavelle. I'm 41 from Brooklyn, New York, that kind of thing. But like in the next couple of years, I'll have so many introductions from you that when you get progressively older, same as obviously everyone every year, because I do the same thing at Giant Style, official strongman. I just, I always keep it to the same format because it, the, not really irrelevant to this conversation at all, but the, where I started thinking about this was when I was watching TV and films, especially with Americans, all Americans will always say like the city and then the state. It's like, they, like, I was like, do they all just like use this format? Like no one's, has everyone ever discussed like, Hey, like we're from this place and this is how we say where we're from. Like, hi, I'm Brian Shaw. I'm from Denver, Colorado. And like, everyone just knows that format. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Whereas in England, does just say like one name of the place. Like I'm Joe, I'm from Lancaster. I'm not from, I'm from Lancaster, Lancashire. I'm from Lancaster, UK. Like all Americans seem to know that format, which I always thought was quite funny. But then I used to think whatever question, whatever answer they've just given, somebody's had to ask a very specific question to get that soundbite answer from them. And that was something as an interviewer that I had to try and learn and process from when I made films. The, the first time you came to film me, uh, yeah, I was, I, I, was, I was sort of nervous, I guess. But I also, I was like, oh yeah, of course. Of course he's going to come film me. Hell yeah, that's right. You know, I deserve this. I should, it should be doing that. I'm yeah. doing him a favor, you know. But then... I mean, and, and, you know, the veil does get sort of dropped um, w when you're in the moment because, you know, you're just some guy who messaged me and say, hey, I'm going flying around America, you know, filming these athletes. I want to stop in New York first and film you. I said, okay, that makes sense. And you're just some guy. And I said, well, I'll pick you up wherever you're staying. And then you got in the car. And as soon as you got in the car, I was like, oh, you're just a regular guy. You could just stay with me if you want, you know, because <laughs> I didn't know who you were going to be. I wasn't sure if we'd ever met or anything. Um, but yeah, the veil drops a little bit uh, when you are on camera and I understand what you're saying. You have to prompt me in a very specific way. It's sort of like, it's not like, you know, it just goes to show how much work that you do in your craft to make something seem so simple. And there's a lot of varying, there's a lot of intentionality yeah. that goes into it. And even if it's like, introduce yourself and you do it and you go, oh, no, we can do that better. Do it again. Well, you forgot this part. You know, we might introduce myself like three or four or five times just to get the tiniest little bit that might even have B-roll over it, you know, but. Um, yeah, it's true. My, my, for anyone wondering, my, um, my go-to introduction is give me your name, your age, where you're from and any titles or records you hold. So it's like, I'm Tommy Lavelle, 31, the world's strongest man. Oh, I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> it's difficult <laughs> who have you filmed that is the absolute best at giving you both perfectly editable uh, bite size and authentic sound bites not someone like me who will never stop talking. Yeah, you aren't top of the list for that at all. You're a good talker, but it's not. There was, I think, that you said there was digestible there, was it? You said, yeah. or bite size or something. That eliminates a lot of people. And there is one name that comes to the top of my mind when I answer this question. And he's not actually a strong man. Going to do a huge name drop here. It's Tyson Fury. As anyone that's seen him online will know, he is 
probably the king of sound bites. That's why there's um, uh, many, many pages on Instagram, like no context Tyson Fury. And it's just him saying random bullshit. And it's just like with whatever meme, it's just like, he's got so much content on there. When I used to film with him, um, he would say something and then he would turn to the camera and go, that's a soundbite. Cause he just, he knows he's doing it. Other than that, Eddie Hall obviously was brilliant at giving good sound bites, but they're not as digestible, I don't think. Um, because he, that guy can talk, but he was also, I mean, he's good, he good at sound bites to be fair. Um, and his, his, I've been putting some clips of his on YouTube recently and they've been getting on the official strong on YouTube and they've been blowing up, getting millions of views. I don't know if it's just the English accent that gets me a lot, but yeah, anytime I hear someone with an English accent talking on camera, it just it just sounds so clean and almost rehearsed like yeah, like little sound bites, just these nice little turns of phrase that like oh were you just holding that in your back pocket all the time? Because you know, you ask me a question and I've never thought about it. And I'm every single word that's coming out of my mouth is like the first time it's ever come out. And I'm giving you just fresh, fresh, fresh Tommy, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I, you ask someone like Eddie Hall and it's just like, holy shit, he's been sitting in his be- bedroom practicing this for fucking years. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, just, it's incredible. A lot of English people or British people, whatever, will say the exact same probably about Americans. Like no British person really is, most uh, obviously some are, but to the like the majority will not feel comfortable on camera, will not have a good presence on camera. You ask them a question on camera, they'll be quite awkward. They'll feel really shy. But where Americans, I don't know what it is, but they just seem to have so much more natural charisma. Whereas I think you've told me this before about English accents and how it just like sounds better when you watch something. I think you've told me to narrate on something before, maybe possibly. Um, but there's a, from an American's point of view, it's the English accent has that more of the, the class element. Yeah. Whereas you might obviously be an American, you look down on the English accent. I mean, on the American accent more. Oh yeah. It's just sounds, you know, I mean, I think when you're younger, you think you equate English accent with intelligence. That's not exactly what I'm doing now, but I, I do. It just sounds authoritative in a certain You're kind talking of way. to me now so you won't <laughs> well, well that answers sort of my next question which was going to be is there a difference between uh on camera with an american versus uh an english person and it sounds like you've answered it and to sort of maybe give you some insight i think americans are that way on camera because all of us deep down really do believe that we're going to be like just grabbed on the street to become a movie star one day we just expect it to happen this, yeah, you said that. That's sparked a thought. I remember hearing someone, and I don't know if it was Stephen Fry or someone kind of that, of that ilk, said like Americans, like English people, British people are always quite more negative, very like self-deprecating, whereas Americans are always like confident and that they are born and raised like with the belief that they can be the president of the United States, whereas England, you just like trodden down and all your beliefs like kicked out of you, basically. Yeah, for better for better or for worse for us, I think. 
Hey guys, real quick, I just wanted to come on and say thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for anyone who has supported Odd Objects and thank you even if you haven't. Uh, I hope it's really obvious, but if it's not, the whole thing I'm trying to do is add something special to the Strongman community to help to grow Weight Class Strongman uh, because I think Weight Class Strongman is Strongman and the more we grow that, the more we grow the whole sport. So, you know, just thank you so much for your support and, and your feedback um, and your trust. And, uh, I'll shut up now. We'll get back to the show. So on, on, on the, on your personal account, the film account, you did a little sort of tutorial type thing with the lighting microphones, <laughs> microphones. I don't, honestly, I have not, the, the whole double microphone thing. Everyone's really seemed to enjoy like that. The twins say it to me all the time in the gym microphone. <laughs> and they're just, they always slap the chest. I'm just like, I'd, the only thing I did that was obviously that's the microphone was where I slapped. I wasn't just slapping my chest. The microphone, I, t- I taped the microphone on the inside of my t-shirt because I think it's tacky if you can see a microphone. Um, no offense, everyone that fucking clips it to the hat and all that kind of bullshit. Everyone started using microphones now, which is good, but it means that if I'm using a microphone as well, I need to be the step ahead of all these gen pop people using microphones. Like people like the big bulky like plastic things, like clip it to the t-shirt, put it on the edge of the cap. I was like, thanks. You're getting good audio. I appreciate it because I, I slag off bad audio left, right, and center. I don't know how many um, podcasts and YouTube accounts I've like helped fix over the last year or so just from like slagging audio off on my uh, Instagram story. Like if you've got a podcast, yeah, and you don't have a microphone, I ain't listening to it. If you do a YouTube video and you ain't got a microphone, I ain't fucking watching it. <laughs> it's just that I'm interested in the content that I consume not being shite. If like say like if I if there's a topic I want to watch on YouTube, and I search the video and I click on a video and it's just some guy talking to a laptop, then it's like you might have good info, but I ain't fucking gonna find it out from you, bro. I'm gonna find somewhere else that's got a microphone and listen to it from them because I ain't listening to shit audio. Yeah, it, it makes it. Yeah, yeah. You you end up losing the whole purpose of if it's an informational video, you lose the information. Yeah, if it's like something that's supposed to move you. It might not be moving. Yeah, because it just sounds like dirt. This is why this podcast works, because we've got quality microphones. There's no video here. Yeah, we're just talking. Two bros on a microphone just chatting shit. Whereas we've got good audio, so people can listen to it clearly. It's why radio works. And like, if you watch a YouTube video, when it's got fucking the worst quality in the world, but the audio is fine, you can sit there and watch the whole thing just because you can hear it. But if you've got the best quality video in the world, and not even no audio... Because like you can watch something with no audio, but bad audio, just like I ain't listening to that, and you turn it off. It's like on a TV show or like a, a radio thing when they, they interview someone over the phone, and you can clearly hear the difference between someone that's got a microphone and someone that is on a mobile phone, and it just sounds horrible. But if the whole thing's like that, I'm just turning it off. Well, the only re- the only way that works is if they're in jail, and then it actually like <laughs> it translates pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> so let's put it all together. We've got great audio got great video. Now let's toss in a special moment and wrap it all up and see what we get. Well, you better believe I'm going to take this chance to talk about a very special moment for me. That moment of you two, OSG 21, sandbag throwing, unrivaled. That, uh, just the video I've got with the, the big laws and the Radzi commentary. I fucking, I, I know you love that and that was one of the, your best moments, but, um, as a good friend of yours and just fucking a, a fan of the sport, it was epic. And look at these first two throws from both men. Powerful, explosive, moving well through bag number four. Bag number five for both gentlemen. 
On to the sixth. This is an incredible race. Look at it. Oh, Tommy's goes over. Look at him. Look at the class. Andrew Haynes gets his over as well. That was a race between these two men. And Tommy showing why he's the champion there. Lavelle. What a All champion. six go over in a rapid time. And if anyone was ever going to do that, if anyone wasn't going to buckle under the pressure, it was Tommy. And he held his arms aloft. He didn't look like he was surprised. He looked like he, d he did exactly what he came to do. Unbelievable. And see, I, I, it's same for me. I, for me, it's like the highlight, the number one highlight. And a big part of the reason it's the highlight is because of what you did. Okay. Because you made the video, you created a moment and you got to share that moment and we get to sort of take this moment and hold it and look at it. Right. And like, and then we get to look at it from different angles. You say, well, what does this moment look like with this song over it? What does this moment look like? Uh, you know, if I, if I show with the commentary over it, which, you know, for me, English commentary, <laughs> English accent commentary is just like, Ooh, it's, you know, and I, I love showing it. With the Radzi of all people. Brilliant. Well, and see, I don't know who he is, and I know he's kind of a, a big deal here, right? Well, I don't know if big deal is the right word, but he's a professional presenter, and he works, he, like, he's, he, that's what he does for a living, so he's good at it, and he's also got the good, he's not like a bit of northern scum or anything like me, he's just like a very well-polished, <laughs> nice, clean accent. Oh, Tommy, look at the class. And, and see, then I get to show that clip to friends and family, and with the commentary, even to them, now it looks like this real professional thing. Looks legit. Um, I thought what you were going to say there, this is one of the reasons for you, obviously I never, like you say about, I've packaged up that into a moment when for me, I don't think about that because that's just what I do all day, every day. I don't think about packaging up moments. I just like, I've fucking filmed a video. I'm going to clip it up and clip that bitch up and get it on the ground, get some likes on there. Um, but for you, that is like a very highlight moment of your strongman career. But what I like about it wasn't anything to do with that. It was just how much was on the line and how, especially in the 80 class OSG, how little mistakes you can make if you want to stand in the center of that podium and you had everything on the line on that and Haynes was ahead of you. He fumbled the last bag and you just fucking got it over there. And it was just like, there's so much on the line and you're just one of them guys that just goes out and you just do it and win. He came second, but still. Well, and it's, this is fun talking about this, which is the sport as a whole, the sport itself, uh, the, a competition, the competition itself that I was in as a competitor, right? And then also it being filmed in the moment, it being filmed for posterity. You know, there's there are all these different sort of angles to look at it. In the moment, I'm not thinking about anything. You know, I can't see anyone. Um, you know, right before Andrew Haynes and I went out, like we were running and, um, maybe I patted his back and I said, um, good luck or something. And then he said something to me as I'd ran past him and I turned around and I was like, come here. And like, you know, we did a little, he said, I'm proud of you. Is that what it is? And then like adapt him and like give him a hug. And I think one of us said, I love you or something like that. And it was just like, or let's do, I can't remember, but I was just like, I understood that like in that moment, something special was kind of happening, you know, cause it was the two of us. Yeah. Because you two are the best sandbag throws in the class. So we had that hug and went out and I didn't see anything. I didn't see where he was. I didn't see the crowd. All I did, all I could see was that I throw the bag and for the split a second, I leave my head back 
and I know it's going over. On the last bag, I can hold my head as long as I want. And when it, and it was cool because when it went over, everything got loud and I just dropped my head to see, you know, like just all that, like all, all, go all out. the cheering. And I just put my hands out. I was like, yeah, we fucking did it, baby. And then, you know, I walked away. And as I walked away, I realized you were behind me with a camera. And that's when that like sort of wall breaks. And I'm like, oh, I should do something. And that's why like I did that weird scream head shake uh, thing, which is not like me at all. Well, it's whatever, isn't it? But it was just like, you know, there's just so much adrenaline, so much shit happening. You're in a blackout. And then- uh, You jump on heinous. You jump on heinous. So I, I feel like, I mean, obviously I get the best of all the worlds with this because I get to live the moment as the moment. I'm not thinking about any, you know, like you go to a concert and you take video. You're not in the moment, you know? I was truly in that moment. Yeah, it was your moment. And the thing, but the thing is when you're but truly- also, you, I, I packaged the moment up, but you, you made the moment. Like I, I was, it was, you made the moment and I just, I just, all I did was film it and put like the commentary over the top. But if you didn't do well on the bags, it's not a moment. It's just like some guy fumbling some sandbags like everybody else. Well, yeah, no, don't. I mean, I'm not trying to suck your dick here. I definitely made the moment. Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what I'm saying is, I, I mean, I'm saying, you know, um, it's, I, I get the best of all the worlds. I get to actually live the moment. Yeah. But if there weren't someone like you, making something and not, I mean, I'm not talking about like, yeah, like a live stream. Someone took a video on a, an iPhone, you know, nothing like that. Cause those capture objectively what happened, but you captured emotionally what happened. Right. You know what I mean? That's cute. Th there's a big difference. And because of someone like you uh, and you specifically, obviously I get to relive that moment and I get to, I relive it with, I get, I still get chills every single time I watch it. Yeah, For a yeah. while, I was watching you know, like 10 times a day. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've watched it. I can literally feel the feeling I had over and over and over and over. Um, well, I guess I don't, I don't know how do we, I don't know how to get to the next subject because this is. Ask me about it, bro. Well, the, 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 the entire reason, I guess, I wanted to have this conversation or talk to you uh, was, well, we didn't really know. I didn't really know, right? I said, let's do a podcast. And you said, well, what are you going to talk about? And I said, I'm not really sure. So I had to think through what it was that I would think makes you interesting, <laughs> you know, for, for a weird way to put it, or what is the thing that I think people would want to hear about you or the thing that I think people would want to take away. because. Um, you know, two guys sitting around talking and you just hit record. We, we've got enough of that, right? So what what is the thing? And the thing I, I came up with was, so it's at this point you know, that I go down a true rabbit hole of thought. And we, full disclosure, and this I'm is about the sure sixth time I recorded this because I just cannot shorten it up. The idea just seems so big and so elaborate, but I'm going to do my best to really, really simplify it. Joe is someone who has incredible access to venues, competitions, athletes. He's traveled around and stayed with them in their homes. He's gotten to know their families. He's asked them questions. He's videoed them and he's put together documentaries and little films and just even short little videos that we all see. So with someone with that access to such a new sport that's still in such a growth phase, 
He's making decisions about what people see. And I think we could agree that the stuff he makes is some of the most consumed stuff in all of Strongman. So if he's making decisions about what people see, and what people see is what people think is possible, or even what a sport is, he's sort of in real time creating the sport. And I'm saying again, and there's not really a question, I just think it's fucking cool that someone is in the position to sort of create history in real time. Um, Yeah, and there is no, I guess there is no question. Um, And so that's actually, I don't know, I think it's something to think about. Well, let's see, let's see what Joe thinks about I guess I wanted to, I don't really even know what the question is, but what do you think about that? Like, how do you think about is that, do you think about that you or do you so just, much. yeah, I've said so much. I've had so many trains of thought, like, that's a good thing. I'm going to say that when he shuts up in a second and it's like 10 minutes later. <laughs> still, I've, I've, I've came and lost so many thoughts. Um, first of all, I want to say like when you first started not asking that question, because that was just then, but when you first started that train of thought and you described kind of what my life is, I suppose, hearing someone else like relay it back to me, I, I am fucking fortunate to have the job I've got. Like, like you say, like the access to like my role within official strongman, my role was in, in within strongman as a sport, um, as a growing sport, my role within like my access to like giants live shows and like the Royal Albert Hall and official strongman games and all the, athletes at the top of the game, like all the Eddie Halls, the Stoltmans, like just like, I know them all personally. Everyone that's at World's Strongest Man and Giants Live, I know them all. And to hear their stories and just be mates with most of them. Back to your question of how I thought about this. When you're talking about people, like the 10 year old out there that watches that video, if you are that 10 year old, or if you are that person, no matter how old you are, you, you're you not in Strongman yet, and you've seen it, or you've started Strongman because of something that I've made, please get in touch with me. I'm waiting for the first person to tell me that they saw one of my videos and I'm the reason they started Strongman. I've said this publicly before, and I'll say it here again. I want my name to be on the list of people responsible for blowing up a weight class Strongman. I mean, I, I imagine it must happen. Um, I also imagine maybe people don't know that it's you. Yeah. This is why I'm trying to get my name out there a little bit more and put my, my face with the brand of official strongman, let people know like, Oh, that's like, it's not a team of people. It's just like one guy that makes all those videos and all the giants live videos as well. No, I kind of nev helps them. But like, if you see, if you see the clips of a giants live show that are going out during the show of the weekend, that's me. It's crazy that it's just you. Yeah. It's tedious to be honest. <laughs> I need an editor, please. Yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> I need a team, man. I got there's, there's so much content to be made, and I, I can only make so much of it. So, if we sort of take that idea, um, that people watch, was that a good answer? I think it was great. Yeah, I think I think it was great. Also, I just want to say that there's been so many times when obviously this is the first time I've been interviewed. We could call it podcasted, whatever. Obviously I, I've done this so many times with the people and it's funny for me to, I ask people questions and you've obviously experienced this yourself. The amount of times we've interviewed, I've interviewed you. I asked you a question, something you never thought about before. And like you said at the start, that answer is the first time that's come out of your mouth. And I always wonder, like sometimes people ask me questions, like I ask people questions or you hear like someone ask a question 
And it's like, it, was that answer rehearsed? And then like, for me, I'm thinking when I'm in that moment, because the time will come when someone wants to interview me. I've been waiting for this moment for a couple of years now. So I'm glad it's finally happened. I'm like, I've got stories to tell. Someone please just ask me a fucking question about strongman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm like, what's my answer going to be? Will I have an answer on the spot? And then you ask me that question and I'm like, I actually have an answer for that. So it was a, that's a good moment for me. I appreciate this. Yeah. I, I think it was an incredible answer. Um, yeah. And sorry to, yeah. I know you're trying to talk for that. No, no, it, it's, I, I get something in there. Um, that is my, I'd say purpose with every bit of content I create, especially around the official strongman games is, or official strongman as a brand, but mainly the games, because that's where the, the weight class places, like the categories shine. I just want to put as many eyes as possible on that part of the sport and make seemingly regular sized humans, like the superstars to the people that are grown up watching them. Because I did some research like in the last few days, the majority of men in the UK are between the ages of 25 and 35. And the average weight of those males in the UK is 81 kilos. And if there's about, I don't know, let's say there's 12 million people that fit that demographic in the UK. And I don't know how many men in the UK are seven foot, 400 pounds or anywhere between six foot two. 300 pounds and seven foot, 400 pounds, like you get at Giants Live, they are the outliers and they are the freaks and they're the people that walk down the street and you don't have to know they do strongman. People turn their heads to look at them and think, that guy does something. I don't know what it is. I had the experience with Thor the first time I met him or second time, but the first time I filmed with him like personally in 2018, um, I was over at the Giants Live yard, I filmed him train. I actually filmed an interview with him that had no audio. Um, so that was, you know, got to learn your mistakes, haven't you? Um, but we went for lunch and we walked into a pub and he's just like, obviously a, a behemoth of a man. And there was just an old couple in there and goes, he, he walked to the toilets. So he wasn't in the room. He was like, is, who is that guy? Like, why is he so big? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, they're the people that turn their heads in strong. That's why Will's Strongest Man will be like, it leads the sport because they just do crazy things and that they do people, things that nobody else can do. Where, but with lightweight strongman, that is the average person, the average size person doing just incredible things, which is why once like every lad, not every lad, but like the high percentage of boys and men fucking my age or a bit younger or like between like 20 and 30, whatever, they go to the gym. And if they see someone the same size as them doing these crazy things, like you didn't realize that when you started strongman, you could do it at your size. You thought it was just the world's strongest men, like the, the big boys. And then once you realize that, oh shit, I can do this and compete in this and I can be the best in the world at my um, stature, then that opens the door to the sport to be fucking tremendously big. Like, I guess one way to look at it is you are creating the future of strongman, specifically weight class strongman, which I think is strongman. Yeah, yeah. You know, also because this side of the sport, before I started creating content on it, there was no content on it. Oh, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just looking at people's Instagrams. Now, people are looking at these amazing videos. Yeah, like, like there's these like, amazing stories. There's because there's, you just people need people care about people and stories, and they need to. They don't care like really what the weights are, but if they invest into the human, then they'll care about whatever that person is doing. So I try to help people just learn more about the athletes. I really wish I had a stat right now. I've got some more stats for you here. So the 2022 official strongman games had over 1000 athletes try to qualify to compete there. 
Whereas in every previous year, it's that number has been around 500 athletes. So last year, the number of the interest in official strongman games for athletes had doubled. And then in terms of the live stream, we had close to 2000 new members join on the weekend of the live stream of the contest to watch the live stream. And that helps having nearly 500 athletes there because if they've got two, three friends and family that want to watch, they'll all sign up and watch their, you know, love one compete, say. Um, so, so it's not a stretch, I don't think, to say that the number of people who signed up doubled from 2021 to 2022 because of the content you created in 2021. That is what I tell myself. It's what I like to believe. It's what I think is probably the answer because until I went, I had no content. If I'm running the the social media accounts, like the last guy that worked for us went to film OSG 21, didn't offload, didn't ever, we never got the, he left like shortly after that and we never got his footage. So I just, I had nothing to share other than like a one highlight reel for each clip, which you can only post that so many times before like everyone's like, yeah, but we've seen your highlight reel. Get over it. 2019. Yeah, that was the one he went to. Obviously, 2020 didn't happen because of COVID. Yeah, you said 21. Okay, sorry. Yeah. But I went in 21, got my own footage, and then between 21 and 22, I created so much content for official strongman games. And the other thing is, like, doing collaboration posts on Instagram from a big account like official strongman to a small athlete, they feel like if their friends and family see that they've got this post on like that, like collab with that account. They'll feel like the dog's bollocks because of that. And they're like, I'm the fucking big cheese. Res put respect on my name. And then you make the athletes feel special and they feel like superstars. And then you've got a brand and a, a, an organization that helps smaller athletes that feel like superstars. And then the other athletes that aren't getting that recognition think, oh, I want a piece of that. And then more people see that and think, oh, I want a piece of that. And then everyone's like, okay, at the top, there's that fucking Tommy Lavelle guy that always gets shared by official strongman. I need to be the world's strongest man now. You know, I always wonder how it is that people got to where they are. Like with me, you know, I never had a plan and I didn't know where I was going. In a lot of ways, I still have no idea where I'm going or what I'm doing. I'm just kind of making it up as I go. All I can really see is what I've done, you know, in the accumulation of those things. I can at least appreciate are what make me who I am, but it doesn't seem to be that way with Joe. He seems to have had a very clear idea of what it is that he wanted at a really young age. And it seems like it's really set him up for success. The, the last question I was going to sort of ask was, um, and I think you may have already sort of answered it was like, where do you want to see it go? Personally, I, I've not given you this answer yet. My other long-term goal is, this is a combination of goals for me. So like I said at the very, very start, when I introduced myself, I've been filmmaking since I was 12, 13 years old. Um, for my, my UK listeners, you'll understand the education system here. But for my US listeners, I don't think you, you will. So... When you're in high school, high school for in England, UK, whatever, it goes up to year 11 when you're 16. In year 10 and 11, you choose your GCSE subjects. Uh, you, but you, well, you, you do them in 10 and 11. In year nine, you choose those. So when I was in year nine, so I was like 12, 13 years old, 
I was specifically choosing subjects to do when I was 15, 16 years old that I knew would help me be a filmmaker when I was fully grown up. Like that's how early I've started this path. I was like, my thought process was, is like, right, okay, I make films now and I make films on computers. So if I want to do that for a living, I should do IT at six in GCSE, which will help me do uh, media in sixth form. Then I can go to university and fucking study film or whatever there. And then I'll be in Hollywood making films. Also, when I was that young, I only knew the two words that were director and producer. Didn't know what they meant. I was like, I fucking probably want to be either one of those. Um, as I've got closer down the line, I realized I don't want to be a producer and director, cinematographer is probably more the line I'd like to go down. Definitely not editor either, but I'm lumped with that for now. Yeah. So that's how early I started this path. And then now as a career goal for me, I want to be a Netflix documentary level filmmaker. Like I want to have one of my own products on Netflix and when it comes down to the sport, wrap it full circle, I want to get weight class strongman on Netflix because that will accelerate the growth of sport like no end. People can say what they want about Eddie Hall. That man has grown the sport like no other human has grown the sport. The, you can always tell when an athlete gets big because they end up transcending the sport. Like Tiger Woods is bigger than golf. Conor McGregor is bigger than the UFC. Eddie Hall is bigger than strongman. Um, that's when you know when people that don't follow any sport, they're like, oh, that's the guy that does that thing. And then maybe one day, Tommy Lavelle or a Ben Donin or a Chloe Brennan will be bigger than the sport of strongman or strongman. I remember talking to Dean about this a few weeks ago when I was filming with him. Is Dean McVie for everyone wondering which Dean it was. Um, as a an organization or a, a body, a promoter of the sport, a grower of the sport, we can only do so much for the athletes, but if the athletes aren't doing anything to grow their own personal brand, it won't go that far. The athletes need to put the work in themselves for it to grow like their own. So like Chloe Brennan is a perfect example of this because she's probably one of the hottest products, not to call it commoditizer, sorry, Chloe. But she's one of the hottest things in Strongman. Like the brands want to work with her. Everyone loves her. She's a nice, sweet girl, salt of the earth kind of girl. Um, I told her the other week she was my favorite Strongman. Since my sister retired, that's 100% true. Um, that's how I actually know Chloe because my sister competed against her back in like 2016 or whatever. Um, but yeah, she does a lot for her personal brand, which is why brands want to work with her. Um, so more strong men, strong women need to be doing that kind of things if they want. Like you can look at all these people and like, or people like look at other people and think, oh, they've got this opportunity. And you say like, nobody wants to sponsor me. No one's sponsored me before. Like what the fuck have I got to do? Sometimes you have to go and just say, hey, I need a sponsorship. And then you, that's when you're getting one. Like don't ask, don't get, it's kind of the thing. Or like, you know, don't say you need it, don't get or whatever. Like I know you do things to grow the sport on your own time, but other athletes like just don't post anything. And it's like, I know like, oh, it's social media. And like, do you post stuff? Do you not? But like, you need to be doing things to grow your own self for, for you to get the money to become a full-time athlete. And you, you need to help the sport grow as much as we need to help the sport grow. All right. So you're doing everything you can to promote your own brand via social media, putting in the work, you're incredible, strong man. You're up and coming. You're strong. How do you get to work with Joe? You might be wondering. If you want to be in a official strongman documentary, if you want more of the limelight, then 
the best thing you can do is to be a champion. And that will not guarantee it, but it will give you the best chance. And short of being a champion, you have to be the kind of person that will do what it takes to become a champion. If you just kind of flutter around the sport and, you know, you're not that big of a deal and you don't intend to be on being a big deal, how much limelight do you really deserve? But if you're like, there's people that come up to me after OSG and they've finished six and it's like, Hey, when are you going to come film with some content? And it's like, no offense, bro. But like there's 12 categories there. That means there's 12 champions there and you've come in like the top 30, six over the 12 classes, whatever you like, you know, the top 30th athlete there. And it's like, you know, I've got 12 other champions. I can go and talk to you right now. And that's, I don't know if that sounds bad or it sounds justified. I don't know what, the reaction to that statement will be, but you want to focus on the people that have just won really rather than the people like, even when it's content, like if I've only like, a, it takes me so long to edit content. If I'm going to spend time with people that aren't at the top and they're just like, I'm obviously finishing top 10 at OSG is a big deal. And let's not understate that to be in the top 10 in the world. Anything is a great achievement, but if there's only so much time and so much resources, how much of that can be put into people that aren't at the top yet? And I imagine there are people who finish in sixth place who are doing something and you can almost see it in them that they are worth filming, but they probably don't need to come up to you and ask you. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's very, very few people have actually asked me. I can probably count on three fingers. These aren't the views of official strongman. I got to put that out there. These are just my uh, me as a person. Um, so if you listen to this, don't associate this, especially, obviously I work for the brand, but think of it as, oh yeah, that person doesn't want to work with people he doesn't like. So I imagine there's people out here listening to this. I don't know how many listens we're going to get this episode one. I'm calling it out there. I'm not going to be episode three. Uh, <laughs> uh, putting pressure on Tommy for that. Um, yeah, you understand that you don't want to work with people that you don't like. So it's kind of the same with me if I don't like somebody. But there's plenty of people, there's plenty of people, let me tell you, there's a lot of people in the sport that I do like, possibly even use the other L word, love. Maybe not, I'm not like in love with anybody, but like I, I love them as athletes and people. And I don't even get to film with them. Like I want to make loads of content for OSG Europe, which is in two weeks now. And I've been making stuff for the last six weeks and I've not even finished one of the documentaries of the four that I've filmed. So if there's, I, I just physically can't film everybody. And if I'm going to have such small amounts of time that I can dedicate to making these documentaries, then I'm going to have to focus on the people that have the biggest deadlifts or the fucking best stories or the most inspiring or the people that I want to work with the most. And also there's people like Dean McVie, who has, spoiler alert, just won Britain's Strongest Man under 80 kilos for the first time. Three times Scotland's Strongest Man under 80 kilos, one time under 90 kilos. Um, Dean has got a hell of a backstory. And he's told me before that on many times or whatever, in the last documentary we made, his goal was to help inspire youngsters, is his words, youngsters, that have had a rough upbringing because Dean had a horrible upbringing um, or a very traumatic upbringing, you could call it. 
Um, and yeah, his goal is to help inspire youngsters to show that you can pull through and achieve things no matter how hard your upbringing was. Um, and there's, that, there's, those are the stories that I'm trying to find and I'm trying to tell. Because um, just being strong is cool. And I love that because I fucking love strong man. But you know, what's the story behind that? Why do you want to be strong? What changes your life when you become strong? Who were you when you were weak, you know? Well, Joe Sco, thank you for coming on the inaugural episode of the Odd Objects Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to me. Follow me on Instagram, Joe Scoey, JS Films, official strongman. Let's grow the sport. Right, guys that's it for episode one i kept it under an hour somehow it's got to be some sort of record for me i really hope you enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed what i'm trying to do here with odd objects if you have any comments questions or anything just hit me up dm me leave a comment whatever and if you know of someone in the sport of strongman who's doing something cool outside of just being strong but then again if you know any freaks that are crazy strong that i don't know about please let me know. Just get in touch with me. I really want to hear these stories. I don't want to tell the stories. Um, so that's it for this, this episode. And we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll all see you on the next one. <laughs>